Welcome to another episode of the Possession Podcast. I did not just press uh, go live by accident. Uh, we're, we are back after um, an unplanned hiatus. Uh, myself, Stuart Court, is as ever joined by, um, I think, a haircut having since I saw him a week ago, Miss Adam Nathan. Yeah, I think I got my trimming on Thursday, although I did have a, now I think about it, you're probably referring to my bright blue wig that I was uh, last paparazzied with uh, when I saw you on a merry day at Edgebaston last Tuesday, which I think I might still be uh, not COVID related, uh, still be sort of bearing the brunt of after uh, being a little bit run down since, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, of the 10 of of my group, uh, five of them have been pinged so far, so that's uh, enjoyable. Not me, but five of us have. Um, Yeah, it it was a fun day it's a unlikely England win as well which is something we sort of got used to in late June early July wasn't it yeah well, I actually missed the uh, last five overs because my mate had booked our train down for 10 past nine so I think we had to leave just as James Vince got his century so we really uh, managed to balls up the whole thing but uh, hey uh, well, ale was taken and it was a fine day had by all I think yeah, that explains why England didn't completely collapse and that you weren't. You weren't I wasn't there, England. that's exactly right, it's exactly right. Uh, yeah, so um, the last pod was the end of May. Um, I'll try to remember what's happened. Uh, Julio Jones was a Seahawk for about 36 hours, according to social media. Good times. Russell, Russell Wilson went to Italy. Great times. Um, Jamal Adams didn't go to OTAs. Good times coming when it comes to that. <laughs> and yeah, not a lot else has happened. Um, where do you want to start, Adam? Where, what's been like the main... Uh, wait, I, I think I know the one of those three which caught your attention. So And, and, and caught, caught, caught um, the Russell Hive's attention as well. So I'm not going to lie, when you just pressed record on the custom stream, whatever it is, I was about to say... You've got a running order for today, yeah? Because I've got absolutely nothing to no. necessarily. So I guess we're gonna have to just freestyle it. But um, yeah, that Russell wasn't in Italy stuff was absolutely mad, wasn't it? Um, it was very strange. Uh, but you made like more of a general point about his like social media stuff overall, and says that he does so much good stuff that for some reason he doesn't publicise, and then they'll pay a couple of lackeys to follow them around Italy, pretending to take romantic photos when they know that the camera's on like budget Kardashians. It's very strange. It's, it's very strange. Like there's, I follow, I don't really know how I do, but I follow Detlef Shrimp, who I think I probably butchered that pronunciation, but he used to play for the Sonics back in the day. And he posted on his Twitter about Russell Wilson going to a benefit hosted by Russell Wilson for Seattle Children's, I think. It sounds right for Russell yeah. Wilson. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing on Russell Wilson's Instagram. But like you said, he goes for Linguini in Vienna and it's it's a music video. Uh, yeah, and obviously at Good Man Brand, which... Do you reckon anyone's ever bought an item of clothing from Good Man Brand? Apart I from... I well, don't know what they sell. Like, uh, Cam Chancellor's got shoes, which are probably expensive. I don't really know what they do. Is it like a... He sells like very preppy Russell Wilson esque clothing, not quite Hawaii shirt on the way to uh, cleanse Super Bowl Forty Nine level, but they sell sort of that level of uh, 
I think what he probably thinks is smart casual. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, he's a, he's a, uh, we spoke about him obviously for different reasons all through the earlier part of the off-season's podcast, but it's, he's a fascinating character study, isn't he, really? Yeah, definitely. For a lot of different reasons. Um, but at OTAs, um, at what point do we believe the buzz around the new offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron? Because, I mean, I know it's like new manager syndrome. I'm sure you're probably seeing it all with uh, Spurs' new uh, Portuguese messiah. Um, uh, like all the <laughs> all like the buzzwords coming out in the next few weeks and days when that kind of preseason builds builds up to uh, start a new season, but it's it seems different, or is that just me falling into a trap? I think we'll, we probably need to go back and have a look at what they said about Schottenheimer's arrival. I mean, there was a lot more negativity around that in general, but I think they do seem like they're talking. I mean, it, obviously it's trope alert, buzzwords galore at this time of the year in the NFL season anyway, but there did appear to be a lot of like, get the ball out of the quarterback's hands, get it to guys in space. Um, and like, yeah, I mean, if, if, if it acts like they're talking, we'll be flying all the way to Los Angeles in February. Um, but as we all know with the Seahawks, they are terrific at talking a good game. Often it they play a pretty good game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tricky to... I think one of the reasons we didn't really pod in the last month is that there's so little concrete stuff to talk about outside of Seahawky buzzwords that, you know, what 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 really, what really depth can we bring to anything? I mean, we could say that 52 well, weeks of the year, in fairness, but... I mean, know. I mean, we are... Uh, 11 days short of doing this podcast for five years, Adam. Are we really? Yeah. July 31st, 2016 was the first part. And yeah, we haven't really got out the shallow end of a Olympic-sized swimming pool, really, have we? I think one of us made a good point once. Yeah. Um, I just yeah. can't... Uh, 2018, I think, around that time. But since then, we've yeah. been all right. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while. Um, but yeah, I just think some of the, I think some of the words, like, was it intricate? Mm-hmm. Um it's interesting the word like DK and DK obviously Pete Carroll's going to talk it up because he, he talks he would talk a snowstorm up I think Pete Carroll um, but yeah I, th- I think there's words from DK and especially Tyler Lockett because I don't really remember Lockett saying much about Schottenheimer initially I don't like, like you said but maybe the PR machine's in a bit more of an overdrive because of all how it went down at the end of last season and how abrupt Schottenheimer's exit was. But yeah, it just seems like there's something there, but obviously six weeks in, we'll probably Chris Carson's on for a 4,000-yard season, I guess. But I mean, look, intric- intricate could just be two wide receivers running different patterns, let's be honest, compared to what, what we've seen in the last few years. So That's true. Yeah, sorry, Shotty. We we still we still like you. Um, yeah, that's that, that's this uh, that's, uh, a Matty Brown block, I think. Yeah, he's just unfollowed the Patreon, which is tragic. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I think as they they've talked a great game, and I think everyone is waiting for. I think eleven is it a week? You said that until we do, they start camp. 20, just as twenty seven, I think twenty seventh they report, twenty eighth they begin. Um, and really, then we'll get news on whether Jamal Adams is showing up and what's going on there. And, you know, everyone will be in the building. Um, 
will there be any hopefully you know not early injuries that leave holes and things like that so I think you know anyone talking about the NFL now is is plodding to fill a bit of time um but it's I think it's quite exciting I'm quite I'm I feel like this year I've got far less negativity and why nots in me than any other year for the past four or five I think bloody hell the heat has got to you I know, yeah. Could be, could be interesting. You've been yeah, in the kitchen all day, boys. <laughs> yeah, and then also it rained for about two minutes outside the kitchen, like seven or eight drops, and I thought, right, we've got a storm coming, we're back. But then it just got hotter. So, yeah, even yeah. worse. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I think I'm in that same boat. I'm kind of looking forward. I mean, obviously the biggest thing is what, how much and when we pay Jamal Adams. Mm-hmm. But that is happening. Like the, the, again, the word's coming out from... Pete and perhaps Schneider somewhere. I think it's mainly Pete was just like, yeah, that's just happening. We just he's dealing with something, but he was he quite clearly didn't want to show up for OTAs, and they just kind of um, stood guard over the top of him, really, didn't they? Um, I guess the interesting thing about that is that Bobby Wagner's on nineteen million dollars a year, and he's the highest paid defender. I can't see Jamal Adams taking less than that, but I also can't see the Seahawks giving him more than that to piss off Wagner. So I'm quite interested to see where that fits. Do you really think he's going to get 19 million a year? I reckon his agent would have started negotiations with a number that started with a two, without question. Without question. Uh, Yeah, I I reckon it'd be 18. That's what the number I kind of keep. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's just, it's all numbers and most of it means absolutely deadly squat. But, um, but yeah, like, um, I think it's, it's like we, last off season was, as we said in a couple of podcasts, for me anyway, was before and after Jamal, the kind of thing. And it's, it's kind of the same thing this year as well. For obviously, longer term ramifications on this year's before and after Jamal deal, isn't it? Mm. And then obviously, there's, from a general standpoint that you've got the Rogers, Deshaun Watson stuff that if it was a lot that needs to fall into place before the league kind of gets going. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Aaron Rogers thing is really beginning to look like he doesn't like his bosses, but also he just wanted to do cool shit for a performance. <laughs> Who can blame him? I mean, he played in, the, I mean, did you watch the match him and DeChambeau against Mickelson? Uh, I saw a bit of it. I mean, what a golf course that is. I mean, that, four hours of TV did more for the Montana tourism board than anything but <laughs> unbelievable of course but yeah um, obviously the Sean Watson stuff is yeah uh, that's just gone weirdly quiet for it has, the last it? few months it's very strange um, wow Saddam <laughs> well there must be some more I tell you one let's do maybe a player that after the chatter of OTAs you're looking forward to seeing what they do in camp because I've got one in my head and in part, he shares his name with one of my best mates, who's very much not this person. But there's a lot of buzz around someone like Daryl Taylor to be someone that like is going to be a difference maker, according to what they seem to be saying, you know, in the press, other players. And, you know, it's obviously very much he's like a new signing type, type thing because he's, he's been injured the whole time. Um, but I'm quite interested to see how that manifests itself. Yeah. And also, but again, like comparing, obviously, context has changed somewhat. But they don't, they haven't, they talk this way. This, they haven't never talked this way about Alexander Collier. 
No. They've never talked about Penny like this. <laughs> the only other like, early pick in the last few years who they've talked up in like second year is Marquis Blair. Like a year ago, and obviously that's probably going to happen in the next few weeks when he makes his comeback on the field. But yeah, like, I mean, they've changed his position. It sounds like he's going to be the guy uh, taking what was Bruce Irvin's role 12 months ago and not being just like a like uh, hand in the dirt kind of thing. Obviously, it's in uh, terms and lingo that I don't properly understand, but I've got like a basic understanding of it. And yeah, it's just, yeah, again, it just seems like the buzz around him is starting to build up. But also it seems like he's going to keep another second round pick off the field in Cody Barton because I think it was Joe Fan talked about that that's like the biggest position battle entering camp and them two on that Leo spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, he, uh, he's probably number one. Um, I, I think the other one is probably going to be, I know he's a rookie, but Trey Brown. Because mm-hmm. there was a, there's a few bits with Trey Brown and again, Matty Brown seemed to point out that there seemed to be like teachings with him and um, he didn't seem to be, obviously he's like a 15 second Twitter clip, but like it, he needs to like hit the ground running like Shaq did. But the difference with Shaq in what, 2016, 17, was that he had the best cornerback of a generation on the other side of him. Trey Brown doesn't have that. So I think there's a little bit of pressure on him, which is possibly unfair. And then the other one is probably how Gabe Jackson kind of looks and how that kind of works with Lewis flipping over because mm-hmm. we've had like a decade of cross-training offensive linemen and it's continuing this year with arguably our best lineman last season, Alan. Yeah, that it does seem like a weird thing to... They're putting a lot of eggs in Gabe Jackson's basket. Uh, if he's not good and it stunts Lewis, I mean, you would have to think that playing next to Dwayne Brown can only improve someone as opposed to hinder them more. Mm. But they do say, you know, seeing a different side of the field, I think... Our mate, old Ruiso Diambo, had a few problems moving from left to right on a regular basis. But I I guess it's a case of teething problems, but that will be his new position probably for the duration. You would imagine he's not going to move around again or or hopefully not jump in there and jump in there. But the Trey Brown thing is interesting because it very much seems like DJ Reed and Nicola Witherspoon are the two cornerbacks to start. And it's pretty shit or champagne, that. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I'm not even sure. It might, it might be shit or Carver. Uh, I don't know. What's this? What, I mean, what, as a cornerback duo in the league, ranked 1 to 32, what's the best that those two can be? Eight? They're probably, I mean, even coming in division, because obviously that's going to be the biggest um, measuring stick for the season as it is every year, but especially this year with obviously the improved quarterback situations in two of those teams. But obviously you've got Jalen in LA and that's going to put that defence on top of the division. You've got Byron Murphy and someone else in Arizona. And then you've got Jason Verrett <clears throat> and somebody else in San Francisco. So it's like the upside is probably set number two in the division behind mm-hmm. Jalen and... Um, the guy who picks it last year, I can't remember his name. Um, but yeah, but like, it, it, but I think that will matter more than 
in the league-wide conversation, if they can match up against whatever McVeigh, Shanahan and um, Kyler Murray throws at them, I think that's obviously going to be a bigger thing than what Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters are doing in the other, I don't know. Yeah. I lost, then, all, like, I lost all faith in that argument about 25 syllables <laughs> in. And then let's go worst-case scenario. Who do you think would get more leeway if both, if neither Trey Brown nor Dwayne Eskridge really contributed much this year? Uh, Eskridge. Do you reckon? Even as a second round pick? Yeah. I think there's quite a lot of pressure on him to do something. Well, not on him. I think there's quite a lot of pressure on the process that led us to get him. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I guess. But I think the path to contribute is less crowded for Trey Brown than it is Eskridge. Eskridge isn't mm. going to... Eskridge is going to get 550, 600 yards, probably, like, ceiling. Because, like, with Chris Carson, you've just invested in a tight end, Everett, from this guy, from the team you took your OC from, obviously, like, DK and Tyler as well, who are going to be looking to get another 1,000-yard season. And if Chris Carson wants... 1400 yards stay on the ground there's only so much time to see outside the ball so yeah I think I think Eskridge has a little bit more leeway I guess because of all that he has the biggest chance of making an impact because you've got to think on the defensive side it's going to be down to Daryl Taylor to Dunlap to Jamal to Quandre to Bobby Wagner in the heart of the defence and Puna Ford up front in the middle rather than which is probably why they're going to run with the DJ Reed, the Kello, Trey Brown, Marquis Blair, nickel, three DBs kind of thing, isn't it? Because every, the other seven or eight on that defence are stars already or ascending ones, you'd mm. hope. But yeah, so I, I think Eskridge has the biggest leeway, but also I think he has the best chance of making an impact. But also I think the best chance of making an impact out of all three is the is the rock. Yeah. Uh, I think he's, I, I I would not be surprised if he uns, uh, unseats uh, Brandon Shallot right tackle because he just, again, he's someone who they talked up quite a bit. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, I think, I, I, I just want things to happen. Like, I think I want Jamal, the Jamal deal is going to be like how that kind of things and how that kind of, has a ripple effect on the rest of the team and obviously moving forward with the deals we're probably going to have to do next year, uh, particularly obviously DK Metcalf. I think that's kind of the biggest barometer to everything. And then, I mean, the quarterback question's still up in the air as well. Isn't it? So that's not going to be answered uh, in 2021 unless no. something horrendously goes wrong, but it's still there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... I, I still think this is probably if it, if I had to put all of my money on one way or the other, I would say that this would be his last season is more likely than he is there for three or four more years. Yeah. Um, and I, but I guess a lot of that will be solved solved or otherwise by winning. And I think it'll be interesting to see how much personal responsibility is taken on either way. Like if he has the second half of the season like he had last year, and we get bounced early in the playoffs again. Not, I'm not quite sure how easy it'll be for him to say, well, I want to leave because we're not winning. Um, yeah, because- I, I feel like we all gave him a bit of a pass on the second half of last year because of how good the first half was. But if it happens again, put it this way, if it was Lamar Jackson and it happened again, 
we people would be teeing off on him. I mean, people are already started. Already, already are, already are. Um, but Wilson probably starts with more credit in the bank, and so you know it takes more. But if if Wilson kind of is flummoxed again in the playoffs for second year like that, when he's supposed to be the team leader, like the whole team has been broken down and built around him. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see what the reaction to that is because. I don't necessarily think that there's anywhere near as much leeway going into this year. Like, and, and he's put that on himself. Yeah. His press conference, which was awkward, what, five weeks ago, four mm-hmm. weeks ago, he kind of just like, I think he said, you know what solves all this is winning. Yeah. But if they don't do that to the level one, which is expected by the fan base, but obviously it's more than likely expected, expected in that building at Wilson's level, then obviously above him, Pete and Schneider, and maybe even ownership, um, if that still exists. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. But yeah, it's uh, honestly Russell, Russell Wilson this year, like he's 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 teetering, I think, a little bit. <laughs> I, like he's like he's he's Drew Brees before he won the Super Bowl. He's kind of like his whole thing just seems to be I don't know it's it's weird like I think I maybe just just got tired of the Venice photo shoots <laughs> um, but yeah uh, I think that is I think we did I think that's most things areas covered of the team nothing really else as we said has happened the Julio Jones stuff was fun for a few days breaking news Stuart it's raining and I think there's going to be a storm yes but you're also 100 miles away I I'm, couldn't care less about you. This, we're worried about me in this situation, and I think, I think the famine is over, and I think, <laughs> I, I think we're about we're about to experience that long that that lust for for some rain falling from the sky. Uh, I'm I'm delighted for you. Um, Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, other NFL stuff. Obviously, the NFL thing today uh, affecting the NFC West. Cam Akers is. Tories Achilles and is out for the season and that running back room all of a sudden kind of looks like ours did in the playoffs in 2019-2020. Yeah, and for a team that you would imagine going to focus so heavily on play action, like I know what people say about running backs don't matter for that or whatever, but let's assume that they do have something to do with it because enough NFL players have said it does matter for me to <laughs> kind of listen. Um, you do feel like Offensively, Shanahan and McVeigh do need certain personnel to make it work. And I'm not necessarily sure Daryl Henderson is going to be good enough to make that happen. Maybe Todd Gurley comes back in a an unforeseen uh, you know, reunion. I can't can't see it happening. But um I guess the worry is that McVeigh is the kind of guy that can probably turn any speedy running back into a bit of a demon. Um but probably not a great start for the Matthew Stafford era there that they're hyping up enormously. I mean, context, as with everything, is important. <laughs> and the quarterback before him does aid that buzz, I'm sure. Uh, but also, Adrian Peterson played with Matthew Stafford last year in Detroit, and I believe he's still an active NFL player, which should, that could be... In Detroit, still. Yeah. Oh, is he still signed there, is he? I think he's still signed there, yeah. Oh, ignore that then. Um, yeah, it's... I love, also, with the 49ers, the, I, I could not tell you who their running back is. I know they drafted Trey Sermon, who had a 
pretty well, good. They'll be Raheem. They'll be Raheem Mostert, won't it? They've got Mostert as well. And obviously, again, they've got, they're probably just going to have Jeff Wilson to him for 1,400 yards after all that. Um, yeah. Arizona, again, the running game, Chase Edmonds and the, someone they signed. They signed Josh Jacobs? No. No, Kenny Drake left, didn't he? Kenny, Kenny Drake went to Ra- Raiders. Uh, yeah, any other NFL stuff catch your uh, attention? I mean, we should probably touch on it without delving into it in too much detail and kind of the voyeuristic nature that it's taken on the last few days. But um, Richard Sherman's obviously going through some stuff and I never will kind of accept and understand driving under the influence of alcohol. That is obviously not something to condone, um, but clearly he's going through some personal stuff and he's a hero of mine. I think he's a hero of yours. He's a hero of the city and the team. And uh, I don't want to just go, go, can't really go through the whole podcast without even mentioning it. So uh, let's just hope that he gets the help he needs and whether the player comes back, whatever, let's just hope that the person um gets back onto his feet and uh, gets back on, on a path that he and his family are happy with because uh, it would be a terrible shame to uh, not see him at his personal peak uh, for many years to come. Yeah, especially for someone who's spent um, a fair chunk of this offseason um, obviously not trying as well as trying to find a new team talk, talking about the importance of mental health as well mm-hmm. on uh, his podcast with Collinsworth I think as well. But yeah, he's a man who spent five, six years in the corner of the end zone, uh, screaming about who's got his back, and it's 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 the, the team fan base, obviously within reason, is going to probably want to and need to kind of reciprocate that a little bit with where he's going through, because obviously he's still a part of the community. His family still live there. His, I think his wife's got a business uh, in the area still, mm-hmm. but it was, it was yeah, it was a bummer when the initial stuff came out. But obviously, there was even it was just <laughs> annoying to see. I mean, there's no way that the 911 call should have come out so quick. And then the videos come out like, a day later was, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it was the pits, but yeah, let's hope he's, you know, I'm sure he is. He's doing everything to try and get better and improve. And yeah, it's, yeah, we can probably not talk about it, but also it's something that we heard Doug Baldwin talk about, like, making that transition they will talk about it as well it's clearly something which needs to be a bigger part of the conversation and not just when the players are free agent he's kind of just like tossed aside I mean I know it happens in every sport but this one with the 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 shit they put their body through and the mental side of it and the mental like sharpness you need to kind of I guess it wears on it a bit more maybe yeah I think you're right and also the violence of which they're expected to play with on a regular basis. Um, I imagine that must be quite hard to switch off. I mean, obviously we never condone anyone being violent to anyone, but um, I can't imagine it's easy to be told for your day job that you need to be as violent, aggressive and angry as possible. And then when you leave the, you know, leave the facility, you just become a normal part of society. I mean, it doesn't surprise me why that locker room culture is so, missed by players because it must be quite hard for them to relate to the average person when it comes to that because it's just not an emotional swing that we are ever required to to perform yeah and also British Sherman's at probably the other end of his career to what we've seen from 
Naomi Osaka um, and uh, the golfer, Ma- Matthew Wolf is obviously, they're dealing with the start of it, the blossoming part of mm-hmm. the uh, mental fatigue you can get from being in the spotlight in a more individual sport, obviously. But yeah, it's happens both ways. And yeah, it's just kind of, the conversation I think is something that needs to be more present, especially for the players who, I mean, the, the guy is, like I said, he's the best player at his position in a generation, like yeah, pretty much unarguable. And now he's yeah. Um, and I, I don't want to yeah. I don't want to bin any of this stuff, but let's let's be better than like doing the does this tarnish the legacy of the LOB given what Brandon Browner did? Like let's let's not put those in the same sentence because yeah, that's uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's that's very unfair. I mean, I think I think I was a, I think Earl Thomas was thrown into a meme with him and Browner as well. Yeah, I mean, let, let, let's just... not com- let's not conflate for clicks because that's no. uh, that's disrespectful yeah. uh, to some legends and just shit, to be honest. Yeah. But also, it kind of you know it follows a somewhat of a narrative in certain corners because we've talked about appreciating that kind of era before, and it's kind of just like Will Smith pointing his uh, gesturing towards his wife on the red carpet, isn't it? Kind of. Mm-hmm. Live, it's all that. Um, yeah, uh, I think that is pretty much everything. Uh, spin in the bin, yeah, let's let's go for one. Uh, talking of Richard Sherman, um, someone who went from a NFL also ran <laughs> to for some reason interviewing Roger Goodell and just whiffing on it, whiffing on it like DK Metcalf did in the MLB. Celebrity softball game, <laughs> and then talking like um, this, and thinking it improves the point he isn't actually making at all. Adam, yes. Emmanuel Emmanuel Acho on Fox Sports. Obviously, Fox Sports and are in the Skip Bayless um, wheelhouse, so you kind of see those clips as what they are and what they're intended for, but. I mean, he said nothing. I think we've said on a few occasions that there are way too many people that are paid to talk about the NFL. And whilst that's obviously undoubtedly true, another thing that is worth pointing out that it's quite hard to be Skip Bayless, Colin Cowherds, uh, probably Stephen A. Smith, you can bunch in there. Like, It's quite hard to have that character that is detestable but also quite funny and also makes you want to switch into watch and if you don't do it very well you just come across like an absolute plum um a bit like someone like jamie o'hara on talk sport here who's trying to sort of have that you know edgy x pro you just end up like a moron if you talk shit and don't do it in an engaging way and i think someone like acho is is experiencing that thing where like he's not clever enough to talk stupid, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's also, it's awareness. I, I think I messaged you, like Shannon Sharp is doing it, but he's doing it with like a nudge, nudge, a couple of nudges and a couple of winks at camera, like mid-sentence. But like he knows, like he's leaning in to like, like the left shoulder as Skip Bayless is on the right shoulder kind of thing. And Skip Bayless does the same as well. Like Skip Bayless is, oh, he's just unbearable. But like, He's got paid what eight, nine million dollars a year for the next five years. 
because he's lent into it and kind of found that niche for him. But yeah, Ache just has no awareness. Mm-hmm. He's 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 going to be whitlocked, and I can't wait. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyone for you, Adam? Um, not necessarily like, I mean, the world's a bin at the minute, let's be honest. Um, not specifically, but I did find it fascinating that Nick Saban was talking about, um, who's the Alabama quarterback this year? Is it Nick Jones? Is that No, no, no you're just like conglomerated last year's coach. and yes, I, have I, have. No, I, I have no idea who their quarterback is. So basically he was doing a press conference where he almost like... Um, recruited players by saying that their quarterback for this year for their name, image and likeness stuff is already close to seven figures in endorsements. Oh yeah. That's happened since last time I did the pod. Yes, that has happened. Well, you must have some thoughts on that because you're much more of a college guy uh, than I am. It's about time really. It's quite cool seeing like, I think the entire Wisconsin airline is signed with a Madison steakhouse, which is obviously easy, but yeah, it's about time. Like all the quarterbacks are going to go get the biggest deals, obviously. But yeah, Bryce Young. they need Bryce Young is who I was talking about. I could have had the rest of the, this podcast run, and I would not have known, got that name. Um, I'm sure he's like a six star recruit from like yeah Kirkland, Washington, or something as well. Like <laughs> another one of that getaway. Um, but yeah, no, it's just it's about time. It's the least they can do. But but yeah, it's but the next thing that they should do is give Reggie Bush his uh, Heisman trophies back. I mean, they should yes. not have t- taken them off him anyway. But but yeah, but also the coach involved in that is the guy who we're hoping that can sort it out. Uh, Adam is obsessed by the weather. I mean, there was just a clap of thunder that was like the whole of the Iceland stadium all come together <laughs> one, uh, one final well, hurrah I saw the flash of lightning against uh, this is terrible chat um, <laughs> sorry Dave Sayers who I know is listening because he's tweeting us whilst we're uh, doing Dave if you've got any questions tweet us in we can probably go for a few more minutes and, and see what yeah. we're doing um, yeah I mean the, the funny thing is that obviously all of it, uh, it upsets all of the right people which is something that we always love uh, in any sporting environment Um but also, like, you know, people saying, oh, yeah, it used to be an amateur sport. Well, it's not really amateur when the coach earns $12 million a year. Also, uh, also Dabo Swinney still hasn't quit. Yes, that's true. What were his comments? Um, if, uh, if, if you're going to start paying these players, it's not a sport I want to be involved with. Um, yeah, well. Well, you still are. Adios. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry adios. I'll cut you off this way then. I apologize. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... Yeah, like uh, Dabo Swinney is getting nine and a half million dollars a year. Also, um, I, know, I know you're a fan of his after you read um, Meat Market. He's the profile yeah. of uh, Ed Orgeron was on Marty Smith's uh, podcast. It's amazing. Like that voice is incredible. Like it's the best. Yeah. Every time he talks, every time he talks, you're like, uh, like you forget. I obviously haven't heard it for like a year and a half, but it's it's amazing. He walks on. Oh yeah, it goes to sight. It's really good. He's a really good um, interview, mainly because of his voice. But yeah, it's a really good interview. But yeah, it's it's about time. Um, but as I said, the recruitment is just going to go up a up a level now, isn't it? I mean, is the richer going to get richer? Yeah, it's going to be very hard to police anyone claiming they can police it. I, I can't quite I mean, see it. I mean, the NCAA can police it before. True. 
Um, and the Huskies can't keep five-star recruits in state either. I mean, where this year's one go, Ohio? Ohio State, Another yeah. one went Ohio State. Obviously, G. Scott Jr. went there last year as well. Yeah, JT Tumalau just went. Yeah, which I'm sure, obviously, your pal Softy has taken quite Oh, well. they were thrilled. They they were absolutely <laughs> fine with it. They were absolutely fine with it, not to worry. Um, uh, yeah. We must, we must shout out our friend of the show, Mike Dugo, who was 29 this weekend, and his Instagram uh, has made for terrific following. Incredible, incredible. Some saw, amazing I, content. I, I, I saw. I clicked on some of the locations and like, oh, he's clearly gone down with like the boys. And then the next photo, he was there with his missus. I know, amazing stuff. Yeah, what what a yeah what a what a man, what a hero. Um, Dave has sent a question in. Any thoughts on the Tamorian Terry release? Well. There wasn't, and then I read why he's been indicted for murder. Yeah. So we, I spoke to the Montreal Calabar coach about the process with Pierre Olivier Lesage. How like that process worked? Pretty. How does that process work? And that doesn't come up. Weird, isn't it? Uh, it's not like like a DUI, which is bad, but it's it's like indicted, not like accused or. Like, I don't know the legal system in America. I don't know the legal system in Florida, which is just kamikaze land for the best of times. But um, it just seems a strange thing. Like you, so, you, you don't get any credit for releasing it. No. And I think the problem is that when you're a team like Seattle who preach the idea of, you know, good people and due diligence or whatever – it sort of ends up looking worse on you. Like if you're like a Dallas Cowboys who don't care, or like someone like Arsenal who obviously have no barometer for humanity, then like that's just going to happen and people don't care. But when obviously you set the stall out, like, well, this is what we are as an organization, this is what we want to be. I had to get that in, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it probably, you end up, you end up kind of looking more negative than if you were just a team of dicks that do this all the time. Yeah. Which is why the Alden Smith thing still rankles with me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that seems to have, again, gone away, but something like something in a petrol station or something now? Yeah. I don't know. Also, Jorge Mendes, uh, Mr. Nathan. Uh, I'm not associated with people like that, Stuart. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's just it's weird. Obviously, there probably is a reason it fell through. Maybe just I don't know. I don't know how like legal processes work, but it was a bit strange. And, yeah, um, this there's, there's uh, I mean, John Ernst was like 33 by now, so he should be going for a breakout, shouldn't he? Yeah, definitely. He was down at what, Russell Wilson's training camp. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you, all of them were there. Yeah, he finally held one, not just Will Disley. I know, I know. Yeah, He's obviously yeah. got more pals. Oh, uh, I mean, there is there is one more bin, and that is uh, Stuart Court, Adam Nathan, because uh, we will be joining Paul Galant's Get to Know Seahawk Twitter, uh, his show. I think we're joining him this evening, maybe, uh, or at some point this week. And I think just by being associated with Seahawk Twitter, we deserve to be <laughs> plummaged, you know, thrown straight, straight yeah. into the bin. Because, uh, yeah. you know outrageous from us really to uh guilty by association i think even i'm very much looking forward to talking to paul uh, yeah. about maybe some differing reactions to fandom over there and fandom over here which i've been thinking about in in preparation yeah um yeah i mean it's it's quite an about turn it's kind of like tom brady 
uh, trying to relate to Joe Biden earlier today, which has been interesting to read and just completely... <laughs> the dude had a MAGA hat in his locker. I know. Two, two years ago. And now he's making cracking what... Uh, I mean, yeah, Tom Brady. Um, yeah, uh, there was something else I was going to say. Uh, talking of uh, fandom, Adam, you were... Don't want to talk about the result of it, but you were lucky enough to be in a few of the Wembley Stadium back in a 60,000 uh, capacity. Uh, it, it was a fun few weeks, wasn't it? Watching not our club teams let us down. Yeah, I mean, I had a pretty rough first couple of weeks of June personally, and I went into the Euros not really kind of being that interested or that excited. Uh, went to Croatia again with some friends, had a really good day. But then, like, even the way England were playing wasn't the most thrilling in the, you know, the, the group stages to start out. But then the Germany game happened and I went with three pretty close mates and it was a five o'clock kickoff. And I think I was what you can only describe as being the perfect level of pissed before the game. <laughs> and uh, obviously seeing Harry Kane score. And I think I ran down 40 flights of steps from the top of the upper tier to the bottom just in jubilant celebration turned round and my three mates had followed me down there uh it was just a brilliant brilliant day and then i was lucky enough to go to uh the denmark game and then the final um rosie was my wife absolutely delighted with uh kind of four full days in in basically a week uh that i was out the house and come back in <laughs> stinking a neck oil um but yeah no, it was it was uh terrific apart from like the scenes at Wembley were as advertised for the final. It was horrific. And um, I hope there's a proper investigation into that because it could have been really bad. And they were yeah. very, very lucky that it wasn't. Yeah. Um, it, it, was the, it was the worst organised sporting event I've ever been to from a stewarding and fan perspective without a shadow of a doubt. Also, obviously, it was what? a third of the size, but two days later at Edgebaston and everything, which was pretty much well drilled. Like, the, I don't know if you got the bus, but the bus was there at the end of the game. It was at the start of the game. And it Didn't was all like... Bus. Did get a tongue lashing at, sorry, you're going to sport again <laughs> on the Monday. Uh, that, that sort of happened. Um, and actually, it turned into our biggest session of the summer that day. Um, but yeah, I think I'm... Had to hang the I've uh, hung the pint glass up for a couple of weeks I think at least just to uh, just rest and recuperate. I feel, yeah, like, like Harry Kane end of the Euros. I'm, I'll be a bit late for preseason training I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously, this TBD was, what what training ground he returns to as well, isn't it? Thank you very much, Stuart. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it was a really good day. It was a really good, I've done yeah, it twice it and twice now, and uh, it's, it's a heck the, of a place to watch sport. Yeah, it's it's the best in the holidays next year, Mr. Nathan for Done. South Africa. Um, yeah, I think that is everything. I mean, we've done about four, we've done forty five minutes. That's a, that's an amazing effort. Um, yeah, if anyone to, if anyone if anyone's still listening, like tweet us a picture of Edge Baston or something just to prove to us that you're still listening. Uh, yeah. that'd be that'd be a great way to do it. And also, people are listening live other people who are still supporting us a massive thanks for those not uh, running to the hills when we decided to take a bit of a break um, again as I said it wasn't planned but then yeah uh, the Euros happened and then new jobs and everything else kind of got in the way so but yeah and then as I said nothing happened for nine weeks in Seahawks land either so we're yeah, massive now. thanks to we're... we're back now training camps next week maybe start throwing some 
emails and DMs around to try and get some people on the podcast. Uh, one more thing on the past podcast, he's not going to listen to this, but Richard Graves is leaving Sky Sports. And as I put on Twitter over the weekend, he is the only NFL UK media figure who's took the time to jump on. He's uh, he just he's a proper, he's not just a journalist covering the sport, he's a proper NFL fan. So that's going to be, it's a loss to that aspect of their coverage, isn't it? Um, yeah, it might be worth, because uh, about three, four years ago, wasn't it? So maybe it might yeah. be worth uh, see if we can get him back on to uh, do that. And also I think we hopefully speak to Alistair Kirkwood at some point in the new season after he left NFL UK and see uh, if we can get some information out of him because uh, yeah. he did a terrific job as well. Yeah, and also we have to get your mate when you get if he get, ever gets that CTEC airport as well, Mr. Softy on. Well, that is certainly in the pipeline. That will be happening for sure. Yeah, and then December, when we get to go to Seattle, hopefully, fingers yes. crossed, touch wood. We are there in the same way as uh, I, I don't want to, you know, pull back the curtain on Stuart, but I, I don't know if anyone saw Jeff Bezos say today that he was thanking the Amazon employees and Amazon clients for sending him to space with their money. What Stuart did actually say, you know, thank God those patrons are sending me to Seattle with all of their uh, <laughs> delicious, delicious loot. Uh, almost identical scenarios. Almost yeah, identical yeah, yeah, scenario. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's about as far away. Yeah, not too far. That's yeah. uh, not, not far off. Yeah, well, he, he he will go to space and we will move into Amazon Boulevard in Why not? downtown Seattle. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. so until next time, all the usual parts and places, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, patreon.com forward slash The Pedestrian Podcast. Uh, if you follow us on, don't follow us on social media by now, um, probably, probably better off, to be Save quite honest. Yeah. Yeah, until next time, this has been the Pedestrian Podcast. Go Hawks.